freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 115 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Uh, Dan. <laughs> well, you could be I'm, Dan Todd, because you, know, you are yeah. Dan Todd. Uh, well, you know what I am, aren't I? You are. Well, I uh, I want to talk about our theme, Cheryl. I'm not quite sure I understand what... The theme is will versus might. And um, I don't know. How are you going to explain that? Well, let me give it a go, Okay. So, will versus might. You may have realized by now that I am a bit of a word nerd, and I enjoy nothing more than a clever turn of a phrase or when words have dual meanings. In this case, will versus might, we can think about the promissory nature of those two words. When someone pledges to me that they will do something versus a much less certain shoe shuffling might, you can guess which word instills the most confidence in me and motivates me toward trust. The other way we can think about these two words is in conviction and strength. Just as with personal guarantees where the word will has much more potency to bond and agreement. It is also that internal driver that moves the mountains in our lives. Might, as in strength, is important, but our will is that thing that pushes us up over the top. Will always wins. So where am I going with all of this? What is on my mind is that I've been thinking about the angry and unfortunately ill-informed young man named David Hogg. This poor kid suffers from the same hubris that I think clogged up all of our brains when we were 17 years old, and we were pretty sure we had all the answers to all the problems in the world. But you and I, while we were blinded with our own overinflated level of brilliance and self-importance, we did not have the power of a megaphone. The worldwide reach of social media and a highly funded and well-organized nationwide tour. Young David Hogg does have all of these things. He preaches anger. He throws his raised fists of defiance in the air and he uses the rhetoric of someone who would take your rights through any means necessary. He strikes me as someone who, if given the chance, will use might to wrench away our freedoms. Now, I could be completely wrong. I might be misreading him and his message, but he is noisy, and he is financially backed by the rights restrictors. And he is gaining the attention of our youth in this country. If I am correct in how I'm seeing young David Hogg and those who are financing this young man, what is our best defense against this kind of misguided use of force? I propose what it has always been in America, and that is the will of the people, the texture of the fabric that stitches us together with all of its stains and all of its tears is our will to strain ever toward freedom. We get distracted from time to time. We mistakenly barter away small pieces of our freedom in the name of feeling more safe. 
But we always wake up from our complacent slumber just in time to course correct. Now, this current generation of angry, emotion-driven, shiny-eyed acolytes of the David Hogs of the world, they weren't taught what you and I know. To the David Hogs of the world, history is a fairy tale written by imperfect people and must be ignored and obliterated. This current generation's parents and teachers and mentors didn't tell them of the epic struggle our great, great, great grandmothers and grandfathers risked for, fought for, bled for, half starved for, and died for. This current generation values that ignorance because it creates a vacuum that eagerly sucks up the immature thinking and lies unchecked. Like little baby birds, they gobble down the pre-digested grub worms that dribble out of the mouths of the David Hogs of the world. And if we stand silent and allow this young man to whip our youth into a voter-focused frenzy, they might decide to use might to place America back under the thumb of tyranny. And they might decide to use might to place a muzzling hand back over our mouths. But we, you and I, know our history and know how these stories end. We know that we must and that we will instill in our children and our children's children the wisdom and values of freedom. We will teach them the lessons of our imperfect history in order that they will be saved from repeating the same lessons in their lifetime. We will rekindle the desire for liberty that drove our forefathers to throw off the chains of big government and seek to forge a pathway like had never been forged before toward freedom. And we will once again see the power of will over might. Dan? Oh my gosh, Cheryl. Yes. You have given me so many opportunities, <laughs> so many things I could say here, but you know what? Hit the kill switch, Ed. You know what? I'm not going to hog the air right ah, now. I see what you did Just there. not going to hog the air, and we're just going to move on. But really, think about it. Just go back in history. But anyway, wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's... Uh, it's going to be an interesting season as he is out there touring the nation. Oh, he's going on tour? Yes, that's what I'm saying. He's got a nationwide tour that's been financed. I'm pretty sure it's not out of his own lunch money. So people are going to have their big lighters up in the air and, <laughs> and sing Kumbaya or whatever? They what? are very much billing this young man as rock star status. So there are probably going to be... Um, nowadays, I don't think it's lighters. I think it's, you know, the light of your cell phone. So oh, it's been a while. We gotta, we, yeah, we got to move forward in time. Well, at least I didn't use <laughs> matches. Yeah, so. uh, torches. I don't yeah. know what. What did we have way, way back in the day? Hey, we've got a we've got a great lineup today, and I think we should get on that mm-hmm. before you uh, take over the whole hour. <laughs> but our first hour hour, we have Fred uh, Matheson. 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 I said his name wrong every single time I talked to, to him last time he was on the show. So it is important to me that I have said his name correctly at least once. Yeah, Fred he's, Matheson. He's the founder of Force Options USA. He's a professional firearms and combatives instructor, as well as a dignitary protection provider and freelance writer. He has been teaching for 30 years and has over 16 law enforcement post course instructor certificates. He is based in Phoenix area and teaches courses across the U.S., in Europe, and Mexico. Mm-hmm. We also have Alexander Rubian, the president of the New Jersey Second Amendment Society. The New Jersey Second Amendment Society is a human rights advocacy group that lobbies against unreasonable gun control laws. 
Our sec second hour, we have Kevin Dixie, the owner and operator of No Other Choice Firearms Training and the founder of Aiming for the Truth, a six-spoke approach to healing broken families and strengthening the community bonds of neighbors to improve the lives of people in the cities and states of our nation. And then we have... Amanda Suffolk. She is the director of the not-for-profit Realize Firearms Awareness Coalition. She's the host of Ohio-based radio show called IonTheTargetRadio.com. And she's a speaker at the upcoming Heller 10 event, celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Heller versus D.C. Uh, huge landmark Supreme Court case. And she's the Ohio delegate for the D.C. Project, so we are very excited to. What's, what's have this her deal on. about DC going there in June and July, though? I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, like, it's so hot. It's so humid. I we went the first time we went and scouted out. You know, how is this DC project program going to work? The founder uh, Diana Muller called together. I think there was ten ladies who kind of, you know, like let's see how this works. We we were like the Lewis and Clarks of of this whole thing. I think it was in February. It was cold because there was ten ladies and a guy. It was. <laughs> and do you know how hard it is to carry ten ladies' luggage? <laughs> it was cold. Uh, well, yeah, it was rainy and it was cold and so then when we went back in um i think it was july that first year uh for the real program and it was so oppressively humid and hot for those arizonans uh like us who were there and i I was like "Mm, i think let's go when it's cold because you know you, you can put more coats on uh carry an umbrella if it's raining but when it's humid, it just, oh, my gosh. It is like you're wearing a ton of coats, and you can't take them off. Well, you maybe that's the solution there. Just take off a little more clothes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. That is not the kind of party we're throwing in, in D.C. Actually, what we do, and, and Amanda will talk about it more when she comes on, but we are just, uh, you know, crazy enough to think that we should forge relationships with our elected officials and know who they are let them them know who we are and um and you know be able to to put some oil in the gears between constituent and elected officials so um it's a wonderful program i'm super excited to be a part of it all right we have got to run to break because i am not going to run over time today as I'm running over time saying I'm not going to run over time today. But anyway, stick around. We've got an amazing show. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited today to have in studio, I love it when our guests come actually in studio, Fred Masterson. Now, Fred Masterson is the founder of Force Options USA. He is a professional firearms and combatives instructor, as well as dignitary protection provider and freelance writer. He's been teaching for over 30 years and has over 16 law enforcement post course instructor certifications. He is based in the Phoenix metropolitan area and teaches courses all across the U.S., in Europe, and Mexico. You're a busy dude. Well, I, I, I like it that way. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know what? I think we are made of the same cloth because if we've got five minutes to spare, we're, you know, oh, yeah. starting yeah. a new business or something. Exactly. So. <laughs> There's got to be something we can do. That's right. There's that movie. Uh, I think it's a Christmas Vacation where the boss is like, get me somebody and get me somebody while I'm waiting. You know, so. <laughs> that's the truth. That's our lives. It's so true. So uh, one of the things that you have been working on lately is something with the NRA. That's right. I am very intrigued. You didn't uh, fill me in, so I'm finding out as our listeners are finding out. Sure. Well, as a, as a writer, um, I, I'm blessed and fortunate to get to write for a lot of different venues, a lot of different publishers and whatnot. I was contacted by the NRA to, to provide a few pieces, and I've been fortunate to have them put up a few pieces that I've written. Most recently, we did a piece on the Second Amendment, which obviously is a touchstone for so much of what we do. Absolutely. But the, the core of that piece is how to reach people that are on the fence. Yes. And I, I, I really think that's a point that's a lot of times missed in our world. Yes. Uh, the thing that I brought out, essentially the core of the piece, was that a lot of people we're never going to reach. There are some hardcore left people that, that just will, we will never have a conversation with. We have nothing in common. And I can almost accept that. Mm-hmm. However, there are a lot of people that I would say are, are on the fence. They are not pro-gun, but they're not anti-gun either. They're mm-hmm. really honestly in the middle they can hear both sides of the conversation going on and i think how we carry ourselves really can determine whether we swing those people to our to essentially to our team that sounds like a cheesy thing to say but really kind of help them to see why we believe what we do you know i love that and that's really one of the missions of our show is to be you know to be able to reach that middle space we call it yeah, exactly. um, someone was on recently and they called it the uh the gun agnostic i think is what <laughs> well, they said. that's well said that's well said <laughs> and and you know they're not passionate one way or the other no. and they are they're curious enough they've they've held open that that door of curiosity and you know if we are always using insider lingo exactly we're always preaching to the our own choir yeah then they don't even feel like we care if they understand us that's well said i I call it the second amendment fatigue Mm. because the what we normally see is people the first thing they say well second amendment and they beat them over the head with it and it's that's I mean, the Second Amendment is indeed the touchstone by which we measure arguments. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, too, we need to change our voice a little bit and maybe change our approach. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of trying to preach the, the relevance and the importance of the Second Amendment, which is undeniable, mm-hmm. maybe we explain our passions about it. Mm-hmm. Because the idea that the Second Amendment is a right, mm-hmm. well, people don't own guns because it's a right mm-hmm. if we did everything because it's right voting response <laughs> the voter turnout would be 100 percent, wouldn't it absolutely but it's not it is so not <laughs> we, we own guns because of the passion because of the reasons primarily because of personal protection and that's an angle that i take a lot i carry a gun for personal protection um do i hunt sure do i sports shoot sure but my, the core of what I do is around personal protection. Mm-hmm. And I explain to people in defense why I carry it for personal protection, why I have a home defense gun. And the question we get a lot of times, and I'm sure you get it too, well, how often is that really going to happen? Yes. And that shocks me that they ask that. But yeah. there are people that really don't know. Well, interesting enough, um, you saw the CDC report that was recently mm-hmm. revealed. It's been buried forever. Mm-hmm. And it showed over 2.5 million defensive gun uses per year. Yes. That's astronomical. Yes. And it's not a surprise that they're trying to bury that. 
Well, exactly. And, you know, when they want to state that the other side wants to state how many deaths or how many times that guns are used bad, it's like I kind of want to throw that number in there and say, well, how many more times would that be if there wasn't this stopping factor and this resistance factor? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And also, I think that the fact that these people are willing to listen to us gives us an opportunity to maybe allow them an opportunity to maybe question the information they're getting from the other side. Yeah. So when you re- when you talk about, you know, with the information these people may be getting via how much gun violence there is, I'm like, well, we need to look at some of those numbers. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times those numbers, they say children involved, let's, let's say school shootings. Mm-hmm. Well, do they realize that sometimes the school shooting numbers include, for example, in in Maryland, there was a gentleman that committed suicide in a school that had been closed for six months. Mm-hmm. That's classified as a school shooting. <laughs> Somebody fired a gun from two blocks away and it hit a window at a university. That's considered a school shooting. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a little bit of fudging going on. Well, there is. And then, um, you know, you're going to bring up, up children. And, you know, when they include the numbers of children who have been injured, they are, all, you know, we get in our minds, you know, like the the unfortunate incidents where maybe a, you know, a five-year-old gets a hold of a firearm or something like that. That's what everybody's thinking. But they're also including, you know, like 17-year-olds who are like almost 18, which is technically an adult, you know, involved in gang activity. They're calling these children and and tugging at our heartstrings. And it's like every death is a tragedy, but it's a different category of behavior and circumstance. Absolutely well said. And in fact, I've seen some data that include 20-year-olds in that. In that yes, yes. So we're talking about gang violence, so criminal-on-criminal violence, murdering each other, and calling that, throwing that and lumping it with, with children involved in shootings. Yeah, it's Once dishonest. Again, it's, it's dishonest. And I, I, Disingenuous, I, I, at least. It is. And it's not an accident either. No. Now, you know it and I know it. Those numbers are manipulated and the talking points are, are evolved to tug at heartstrings. Yeah. And even the hardcore anti-gun left... I don't see them as bad people. They're really no. not bad people. Mm-mm. They're a little, little thick-headed sometimes. <laughs> but mm. they honestly, genuinely, emotionally want the best. And yeah. that's our challenge is that you're trying to have a rational discussion with people that are yeah. emotional, dr- yeah. emotionally driven. They don't want to hear the hardcore facts. All they know is bad things happen. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough road right. to help. I mean, it's like when you look at, well, what do we agree on? Well, something must be done. We have to do something different. We all agree on that. But right at that exact moment, we jet off in different directions. Absolutely right. Because you and I are all about let's train, let's teach, let's empower people with knowledge and education. And the other side is like, no, let's just, you know, pretend like guns don't exist and, and get rid of them. And it's like, I don't know. I think I'd rather go with the logical side of this argument. You know, well give said. me something to do. You well know? Said. And, and I encourage people on, on you know, the 2A community to be vigilant about it, too, because the only gun law that the left really wants is one more. Yeah. Then one more. And they are, and this is what I discussed in the previous piece of the NRA, is the left are, they are seriously patient. Seriously mm-hmm. patient. Um, I use, for example, the current state of marijuana legalization around the country. Mm-hmm. You and I could sit here, and 15 years ago, if I told you that Colorado, for example, would legalize marijuana, mm-hmm. you would have laughed at me. Mm-hmm. But it happened. You know why? Because they were patient. Mm-hmm. They slowly, slowly, mm-hmm. slowly drove it. And they're doing the same thing with, with the anti-gun world. So you look at in areas like, for example, on the East Coast and West Coast, Massachusetts, for example, the core, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the hub of all things patriotic. Mm-hmm. One of the most anti-gun states in the country. I know. It's mind-blowing. It is. But it's it's a slow burn. It's a slow condition is what it is. Because now you have entire generations that have not owned a firearm, has possibly never even touched a firearm. So when you start talking about Second Amendment rights, they have no reference for it whatsoever. Right. So it's it's a and, matter or, or they think it's so it's just this antiquated, yeah. old, dusty thing that doesn't yeah. apply and all of that sort of thing. So you spend so much of your life teaching yeah. and training. And so you really get that from the inside out is that, you know, you have to have a solid foundation in order to build from there. And so with your uh, training, uh, there's a lot of best practices, right? Sure. Along the, the spectrum of topics that range from like, how do you even 
pick a firearm. Whoa. Like once you know you you want one or need one, right? Like caliber. What's a caliber, and why do I care what the caliber is? Yeah. You know, there's there's all of these layers to get through. So talk to us a little bit about that how does someone like you who teaches and trains people that come into this from all levels of knowledge and sometimes will find that people want to over inflate what they think they know right get out of here (laughs) nobody would ever do that oh my gosh so how do you work through that and get down to that foundation well the Mm. in the end the core of what i tell people is you you find a gun that's comfortable for you Mm -hmm. that actually fits fits your hands that's above all things um, I'm not a fanboy of any one specific company. As long as you stay with a major manufacturer that's got a good warranty on the gun, has a good reputation, you really can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. So how the gun fits in your hand is very important. Uh, Caliber-wise, here we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> I what? carry a twenty-two. No, I don't. Exactly. No, I don't. Exactly. But they're so cute and they're little, so cute. and I exactly. like them. I just but... <laughs> finished an article on that, too. It's hilarious. Uh, <sighs> but the, the big argument has been, you know, forty-five or nothing. Uh, right. Well, there's a reason why the FBI just went back to 9mm. Mm-hmm. Um, ballistically, it's it's a solid round. Performance-wise, it does a great job. Uh, and honestly, compared to 45, mm-hmm. there's not that much of a difference performance-wise by going to 45. People talk about the size of the hole and things like this. Well, we could get into cavitation and things like that. But what I, what I generally point people towards is a good 9mm handgun mm-hmm. because ammunition performance is really, really good. Um, as for the size of gun, um, I'm not a giant micro gun fan mm-hmm. because they're tough to shoot mm-hmm. over long periods of time. And I mm-hmm. honestly believe you need to be able to train with what you shoot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm generally a compact or maybe a full size gun kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And you can even conceal carry that. Mm-hmm. It may not be the most comfortable thing, mm-hmm. but concealed carry is supposed to be comforting, not comfortable. Oh, I like it's, that. Yeah, I, I, I won't pretend and I didn't make that up. Ah, <laughs> but, but I, I but I'm going to probably steal it. So yeah, I, I use it quite often. I like it. Well, we are already almost out of time, but you do so much, and I definitely want you to uh, tell our our listeners how they can follow what you do. Maybe hire you and have you come out and teach their team how to work as a team to help secure their church, right? Their we, uh, business. We do everything. Um, you can obviously reach me on every avenue of social media. Um, Force Options. You can find us there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, even LinkedIn, Fred Masterson. We have our, Force, or excuse me, our website, forceoptionsusa.com. And we do public speaking. We do private training. We do public training. We have an event, a carving class coming up in South Central Ohio in the end of July. They can catch information on that on the website. Um, but hit us through the website. It's the easiest way to find us. Fantastic. Thank you so much for all you do. Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me here in. Absolutely. Good to see you always. Good Fred you well. Masterson. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have a, a huge lineup. Alexander Rubian of the New Jersey Second Amendment Society is up next. We're going to pretty much open mic with uh, Alexander, which could be uh, interesting. We'll see. <laughs> See where that goes. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. 
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are excited to bring on our next guest. He is a good friend of ours, and it's been forever since we've chatted with him. Alexander Rubian is the president of the New Jersey Second Amendment Society, the New Jersey uh, NJ2AS, I think if I'm saying that right. It's a human rights advocacy group that lobbies against unreasonable gun control laws. Welcome to the show, Alexander. Cheryl, thanks for having me back on. So excited. And, you know, I usually have like uh, copious notes, like pages of notes and, and, and thoughts already in my mind. And you know what? We're doing open mic with you today. So this, this could go amazing or we could end up playing the Jeopardy tune for a while. So I, I'm no pressure on you, but you got a lot to bring here. Alexander, welcome to the show. I want to make sure that you tell Cheryl you want to talk too. Don't just let her do all the talking. Of course, of course. It's always an exciting time with you, Cheryl. So I don't think it's going to be any uh, anything bad going on today. Fantastic. So what has I mean in New Jersey? Just let's fill people in. It's a rough place where our Second Amendment rights are involved. Uh, people mm-hmm. end up going to jail. Uh, we've had Shanine Allen on the show and another young man who's now a police officer. Uh, Say it again. Stefan Josie. Yes, uh, because they've just wandered across the imaginary line of a border between a state where they have their constitutional rights into a, an area that's a, in the state of New Jersey where that constitutional right has been infringed on. And they get, exactly. they get stopped for speeding or something, you know, blasé, and end up in jail. Go, go exactly. with that. Exactly. And I, I think something to emphasize here is, you know, Stefan Josie and um, uh, Shanine Allen, you know, they're not just, you know, out, outliers here. You know, the attorney general has told us that they get instances and cases like that hundreds of times a year. And New Jersey, the, 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 the narrative is to arrest these people to make, set an example for people to not become gun owners. Yes. So when we, when we talk about these issues and nobody wants to take their guns away and so forth, you know, the fact is that New Jersey should be used as the example of why gun control, supposed gun control, should never be adopted in any other state. And I think something we should really focus on is talk about what their so-called common-sense gun laws are, because New Jersey epitomizes that. And I think when I was originally on your show a couple of years ago, you know, you were dumbfounded by the fact that we have to go to the police department, beg for permission to be able to buy a gun, go through an exhausting application process, wait months, sometimes you'll wait years for their for the police departments to do their quote-unquote investigations to then get permission to go and be able to buy a, a firearm. And then when you go to go buy your firearm, you go through the background check all over again through the federal system. And every time you want to buy a handgun, they have a, a New Jersey what's called one gun a month, you have to apply for a new permit every time you want to buy a handgun, and they make you wait months for that permit application to go through. So you're saying that to buy a gun, not to carry a gun, just to go and buy a gun, you have exactly. to, uh, is that for handgun or everything? That's for everything, to buy a long mm-hmm. gun, to buy a handgun. The handguns become a little more 
tedious because you have to apply for a completely separate application. So, you know, for those coming from what I like to call normal America, <laughs> where you get your background check at the point of sale, Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anyone says that they, they claim that those background checks aren't good enough. Those background checks are not good enough because the law enforcement and the FBI and the government are not doing their jobs, mm-hmm. not because of lack of background checks. Mm-hmm. And Parkland highlights that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because of New Jersey's gun laws that women like Carol Bound are yeah. murdered by their psychotic ex-boyfriend. And for those not knowing the story about Carol Bound, she's a five-foot woman. Uh, that had a psychotic ex-boyfriend that she had a restraining order against because he was physically abusing her. And she knew she was going to get murdered by this man. And every, she went to apply for her firearm identification card just to be able to buy a handgun. And every day for 45 days, she was going to the police department begging the government of New Jersey, please issue my permit. I, I'm, I'm in fear for my life. This man is harassing me and so forth. And on the 45, 45th day, she was stabbed to death mm. in her driveway by this lunatic who ended up killing himself after. And that's the kind of insanity that we deal with in New Jersey. And there's plenty of other women in, in, throughout New Jersey that deal with the same terror that this woman dealt with. How do they justify that? It seems like they'd wake up and go, we can't do it this way anymore. Well, they, they justify but what we're seeing nationally. They claim it's for children. They claim it's uh, public safety. You know, the, the left and these anti-gunners, they have no problem exploiting you know, children and, and, and dead uh, school children to push forward their agenda, you know, and that's how they get away with it. So the biggest problem I always try to explain to people when, you know, I talk to people from normal America and they try to rationalize this is don't try to rationalize it. Because when you and I, Cheryl, are having a, a, a normal conversation, we're talking logically. Mm. These people are agenda driven. They don't care about the facts. You know, they don't care about logic. All they care about is pushing their agenda, which is to ban guns and overturn the Second Amendment of the United States of America. So how are you with the NJ2AS um, engaging in that conversation? Do you are you in a defensive stance constantly? Have you um, have you been able to engage people in a logical way and, and help move the needle that way do you have to also go emotional to fight the other side's emotional argument like what are the tools in your arsenal well you know that's a great question and if people visit our website ng2as.org you'll see a lot of our activism there and it depends on the circumstances you know in one instance there was a congresswoman uh congressman bonnie watson you know she's from uh, trenton new jersey who put out some town hall about uh how we need more gun laws more background checks you know, we have to stop the, these guns that are, quote-unquote, terrorizing our streets. You know, but there's one problem there. Her two children were convicted for robbing with fully automatic rifles, which many people know has already been illegal for decades, uh, a children's clothing store. What? You know, so when I asked her about this, like, why are you advocating for more gun laws when these, you know, supposed gun laws, and may I add, this happened in 2000 when her, when her, her family committed these crimes. Um, it was at the peak of the quote-unquote assault weapon, federal assault weapon ban, you know, they robbed the store. Those laws didn't stop your children and your family from uh, acquiring these firearms. They bought these things illegally. You know, you have to be focusing on the criminals. You have to be focusing on the black market, not on law-abiding citizens that use guns millions of times every year for self-defense. And she went absolutely crazy, started screaming at me. It's all on our, it's all on our website. The video's there. I recorded everything. You know, and more people looked at that and said, this woman's so unprofessional. Mm-hmm. That was a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that way you changed the narrative. We flipped it on her. Mm-hmm. And more people came to us with positive messaging saying, hey, I'm really happy you called her out. Like, that's very hypocritical, which they're all hypocrites, by the way, because anyone that advocates to take guns away from you and me and is also surrounded by an armed guard is a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or uh, about that. Yeah, but Aunt, um, Alexander, her whole goal was if you ask her, if you could secretly get inside her brain, it's to remove mm-hmm. every gun off the planet. That's their goal. So they can't well, she look said past. That. Right. That's exactly what she said. She said the Second Amendment only applies to muskets. <laughs> that was her argument. So cute. And as she was broadcasting her meeting on, on, um, on Facebook and on all of her social media platforms, which is being you know, protected by the First Amendment, she's mm-hmm. claiming <laughs> the Second Amendment only protects muskets. But isn't you know, such and a that tired we should ban argument. every other types of guns? But mm-hmm. aren't muskets illegal in New Jersey too? 
Exactly. I, That's the funny thing. Gordon <laughs> Van Gilder. Point. I'm not, you guys say this jokingly, but there's an individual by the name of Gordon Van Gilder. He had a 17th century uh, musket pistol in his glove box. It's an antique. He just bought it. He was driving home. It got pulled over. Um, whatever. The cops searched his car for some ridiculous reason. They found this old musket inside his glove box, and they arrested him for illegal possession of a firearm of something that's completely inoperable. <laughs> Alexander, you're mistaken on that. I'm sorry to correct you, but that was a 17th century full automatic musket black powder <laughs> pistol. Yes, yes. Assault. The full automatic single, single shot. <laughs> single shot full automatic. Single shot. <laughs> oh, man. That's, you and, know. And, you know the, the comical thing is every time they're taking a... Could you imagine this is what the New Jersey government wastes money on? Yes. They're actually doing ballistics on that old pistol that probably doesn't even shoot. I mean, I'm just imagining at their forensic uh, department, uh, them trying to figure out what kind of ammunition they yeah. can put into this musket yeah. to see if it was ever used in a crime. Yeah, and it's we like, might solve. I'm not going to pull, the, you pull the trigger. No, I'm not going to pull no, the trigger. No, 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 exactly. Well, you and know, that's I, the level I, of insanity. I thought California was bad, but I mean, I think New Jersey kind of takes the whole prize, don't they? Oh, for sure. I mean, at least in California, you can go to different counties and get a concealed carry permit. Yeah. But in New Jersey, there's a statewide ban on concealed carry permits. It's that and that's per- going to be one of the next lawsuits we're going to be taking up to fight back because, you know, it's absurd to think that all these government officials that we've documented, you know, the judges, the politicians, and their friends all have concealed carry permits. In 2015, we did an undercover investigation. We went in, we, t- we started talking to the politicians, started talking to judges, started talking to their, you know, police departments. And they were just coming out openly saying it, like, hey, the only concealed carry permit, one cop from Orange, New Jersey, admitted that the only concealed carry permit they ever approved was a guy that was friends with a judge. Oh, my gosh. You see, know, is so that... If you want to talk about corruption, you know, this is where the first place people should be looking to see what kind of infringements go on on a daily basis. That, Bloomberg, you know, don't, you know, don't think that everyone's immune from this. That Bloomberg wants to make the national example that he wants to take New Jersey gun laws and make it the law of the land for normal America. I just, you know, that that permission-based alleyway that you have to traverse in order to enact your God-given human rights, civil rights, uh, constitutional rights, that blows my mind. You know, in, in our... Christian uh, world, Dan and I are Christians, it's always what would Jesus do? And in our constitutional world, you know, it's always what does the, you know, the rest of our world's like, what does the Constitution say? And Mm -hmm. the Second Amendment is the only place that the founders were like, you know what, let's just be super clear here because somebody somewhere is going to try to find a, oh, but if, and they said, you know what, just shall not be infringed. Just, you know, yes, exactly. Just just shall not be infringed. And this is the biggest misconception. People think that the Constitution provides us the right to self-defense. It doesn't. It codifies it. Right. You know, if you were born in some off-universe, if you were born on the moon, you know, shouldn't you have the right to speak freely? Shouldn't you have the right to be able to protect yourself? You know, I also run a nonprofit that deals in animal rescue. If I ever put a dog that was incapable of protecting itself in a pen full of, let's say, you know, violent animals that mauled it to death, I would be charged with animal neglect and animal cruelty for mm. doing that. Mm. But the politicians of New Jersey put us on the streets mm. of, of, of violent cities like Camden, Newark, and Trenton that's plagued with violence, defenseless, and then they sit there and scratch their heads and figure out, trying to figure out, why is all this violence occurring? It's wow. because you're putting a giant bullseye on every law-abiding citizen that every gang member, you know, every criminal can go and commit and conduct every one of their crimes and have a defenseless audience. Wow, that is so true. That is a great analogy. Hey, listen, we're going to run to commercial real quick, and then we'll come back and uh, continue. This is going perfectly well without notes. Maybe I'm just not going to have never, notes anymore. It's never a dull moment, Cheryl. <laughs> you know? so true. We probably needed all two hours with you and us. Uh, all right, stick around. Alexander, hold on. We're going to break for two minutes and be right back with more Gun Freedom Radio.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we have been talking with Alexander Rubian. He is the president of the New Jersey Second Amendment Society, the nj2as.org which is a human rights advocacy group that lobbies against unreasonable gun control laws. Are you still with us, Alexander? I'm here. Awesome. Alexander, you know, every time I see you in person, I say, why don't you just move to Phoenix? Come on, move here. We'll we'll help you out. Let's get moved to Phoenix. But you know what? I, I changed my mind now. You need to stay where you are. You are doing wonderful stuff, and they need you there. Thank you. And that's something I tell people all the time is, you know, th- this gun control is a cancer. Mm. And as we saw after Parkland, how suddenly all my friends from supposed safe states that everybody wanted me to move to mm-hmm. were suddenly started getting inundated with these proposals and getting, you know, these gun control schemes, you know, that's being disguised as common sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the agenda. You know, yes. these people are vigorous. They're not going to stop. You know, they want to make every state like New Jersey. And they're funded by billionaires like, uh, Bloomberg and Soros that have unlimited resources to make it happen. Mm. You know, so my goal is to change New Jersey, to fight New Jersey until we ultimately prevail so that it won't go get as bad in other states. That's awesome. And you just recently had some pretty good success. Did six, did you say, anti-gun and self-defense bills? They just were signed by the governor today. Woo. Um, wait, did you say it was success or unsuccessful? I thought they were. I thought you said that you got six anti-gun self-defense bills passed recently. Did I did I hear that wrong? No, no they were anti-Second Amendment, anti-self-defense bills that were passed in the oh, legislature. Oh, 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 that uh, were actually just signed at eleven o'clock this morning by our governor. Which oh. uh, many of them, it re- one of them remo- uh, reduces magazine capacity from what we had before was fifteen down to ten. Oh my gosh. And uh, there's, you know, there's other extreme risk protection orders, which literally do nothing more than just uh, strip your rights away without any due process because a nurse or a marriage counselor or any, any quote unquote professional could just make that accusation and say, we don't think you're suitable to own guns and they'll come in to take your entire collection away. And mm. we've seen how that is abused in our system. We get calls all the time from men and women that are being accused of crimes with no due process uh, and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, they get their guns taken away. And, you know, of course, the argument is, well, let the courts figure it out. 
well, okay, who has thirty to fifty thousand yeah. dollars or more yeah. to spend fighting in court? Right. You know, and some people say, you know what, my gun was like twelve hundred bucks, or my gun collection was twelve or fifteen hundred dollars. I'm not going to spend twenty five thousand dollars retainer on a, on an on attorney. I'm going to have to let them go, and they surrender that, and right. that's how they win. Right. And uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that it's absurd. But okay, you want to do that? Sure. Then the losing party should pay legal fees. They'll never add that line into the law because they they know it's a tool. Right. That could be used against gun owners to strip away their rights and take away their guns. Oh, it's just so frustrating. And, you know, if our rights are priceless. You know, just because mm-hmm. your collection is only $1,200, what are your rights worth? What is your life worth? And and I am I do apologize for confusing uh, about those six bills. But it's like, how come the anti-gun, anti-rights bills come in these waves of six? And we're, we're like cheering because, oh, we got one on our side. It's just well, they, they do that because they incrementally take away you know this is all strategized yeah Cheryl, it's not by accident that it was one two three or five uh, bills right you know then the next wave is going to come out they, you know they want to ban 50 caliber rifles and they want to ban this and they want to ban, ban that and for those coming from normal america about how they want to ban a quote-unquote assault rifles and you and people ask well how you know it's a semi-automatic rifle well this is how they do it yeah you know and this is kind of the examples and the stories i like to share with the nation about what so-called quote-unquote common-sense gun laws are. In New Jersey, you cannot have a bayonet lug. If you have a bayonet lug on any semi-automatic rifle, it's considered an assault rifle, and they'll put you in jail for over 10 years. Because bayonetting is out of control in New Jersey. Yeah, there's drive-by like, bayonetting. Like, um, exactly. So, Alexander, how do you, how do you, um, how you fight a governor that signs every, anti, every bill that comes across the, the board when it's a, a gun law? Well, in the past, we were very successful in actually uh, um, protesting at certain senators and certain uh, legislators' offices, politicians' offices, or their homes. Mm-hmm. And I remember a couple of years ago, we did a protest at our Senate president's house, at his personal home, because we were sick and tired of going to the offices, having these meetings, then nodding their heads, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, sure, we totally agree with you, it's, it's absurd, and then they still pass everything forward. So, you know what, you don't get the message there, we're going to go to your house. Well, and, and I that was exact I've I'm heard sorry? people I've heard people, you know, give you pushback like, you know, don't go to people's homes and it's like, okay, but we are talking about a life or death issue. We're they're talking coming to about your homes. Yes. They're coming to your homes and taking your guns away. Yeah, we're talking about Carol oh, Bound no who problem. was killed in, in on her own driveway yeah. because somebody wouldn't let her protect herself there. So, it is a very personal yeah. issue. So, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go on with that. No, it's very personal because I'm not immune from these gun laws. I'm not immune from the Gestapo coming, you know, the New Jersey, you know, government to coming into my home and confiscating my property. And they have no problem putting me in jail for over 10 years, which is what Shanine Allen and Stefan Josie and hundreds of others were up against. Mm. They were going to put these people away from 10 to 13 years. Mm. You know, think about those lives that you're destroying. Mm-hmm. So why should these politicians be able just to, you know, have their little meetings in their offices and then go home to their little freedoms and not have to worry about anything while we're being terrorized in our yeah. own homes, in our own state. Right. You know, and we kind of backed off a little bit. You know, some people from our own side, you know, were trying to convince us to be amicable, you know, so forth. And uh, you know what? It's going to go back to the old way. We're, we're going to be just fighting people on their own uh, home turf mm-hmm. and on our terms, not theirs. Right. Because they can turn their phones off, and like we know, but these phone calls and the and the emailing campaigns that have been um, um, you know done against some specific legislators. I've been in their meetings. I've been in their offices over the years. You know, their their secretaries laugh about it. Oh yeah, we just turned the phones off. Oh, we just set an email rule to throw away anything Second Amendment related into the trash. Oh. If not, we're going to be inundated with hundreds of e- uh, emails. Well, you that's know, your constituents. Those are your constituents. Exactly. And oh that's how disconnected, gosh. that is exactly how disconnected these individuals are from the people that they're supposed to be representing. And I've had the opportunity to go to many great states and lobby with these, you know, with, you know, other Second Amendment activists and see how things are done. And those politicians really care mm-hmm. and uh, listen to their constituents. In New Jersey, we're nothing but little, you know, peons, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little fiefdom where we're just at the bottom of the totem pole and, you know, we have the elitists that don't care about what um, what we have to say or think. Man, that is really rough. And, and it shows that for them, you know, in this case, we do kind of have an us and a them, unfortunately. But for, to them, it's a nine-to-five job. 
for the for the rest of us, it's our lives. You know, it's affects exactly, yeah. our actual lives. Um, yeah. And it, go it, ahead. It, oh, I was saying, and it's not to say that even there isn't hope. Uh, our organization, we've sued 23 towns that were violating the law, and we won 23 lawsuits against them. Nice. We've sued the state of New Jersey three times, and we we won three times. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, one of the most anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment, the, the largest newspaper in New Jersey, wrote a glowing article about us, about how we were the number one organization that had the most amount of payouts by uh, the government of New Jersey to reimburse us for our legal fees. Nice. See that, and that should be compelling to people. You know, getting back to that, how do you engage people? Because again, if if you live in a state like Arizona, we can be a little bit transit transitory. Is that the right word I'm thinking of? Where you know we have military people come and they go, and we have people who come here from all over who retire, and you know we have people that are only here for part of the year when it doesn't feel like you're walking on the face of the sun in the summertime, and and so. You know, well, I'm I, still waiting for my invitation out, Cheryl, so I wouldn't really know. Okay, well, I will get that in the mail right now. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. You all the pictures of your barbecues and everything. I know, you've <laughs> got to get out here for sure. But, um, but maybe in New Jersey, maybe it is more a place where, you know, people can trace their lineage back multiple generations. And, and so nobody's shaking up their thought process. And they're like, well, we are Democrats, and Democrats vote for Democrats, and... You know, whatever whatever the new thing is that Democrats are doing, nobody's questioning. They're just like, this is what we do. Um, and so if that is the case there, then how much harder it is to get anybody to think a new thought? Well, I think that, you know, first of all, we're so busy trying to pay our basic taxes. Mm. I mean, the, the, we have such enormous taxes that we pay as individuals that, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I was looking at a beautiful house in Scottsdale, and you want to talk about Stockholm Syndrome, it's, you know, it's a gorgeous house, which was with a nice, beautiful pool, big backyard. It was about $180,000. You can't touch a front door in New Jersey for $180,000. Oh, wow. And then when I saw the taxes, I was talking to the realtor. I was like, oh, eight sixty a month for taxes? That's not bad. It's about ten grand a year. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that's good. Yeah. You know, to, got, to buy a mediocre home in New Jersey, you're paying between ten dollars to $25,000 a year. <sighs> Alexander, and the realtor was like, no, no, that's... She's like, that's for the year. And I was like, the year? That doesn't, right. that doesn't make any sense. Right. And I just couldn't believe it, how good you guys have it out there. And uh, it just amazes me. But, you know, they've just literally turned uh, New Jersey into this left-wing, just, you know, progressive, you know, liberal state where it, it's just amazing the, um, the amount of taxation and lack of freedoms we have. Alexander, the, more, the, yeah. re- the reason why your taxes are so high is because they keep losing these stupid lawsuits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just tell them, let us have our guns. Oh, we'll stop wow. the lawsuits. You guys can lower the tax rate. That's perfect. That's actually funny because if you read the comments and the emails we get, that they actually, people make the argument about, well, you, you know, this is not a win for you guys because the taxpayers are paying for it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, well, just tell your your representative uh, Stockholm. to stop passing these bad laws. Stockholm tell Syndrome. Your town to stop violating the Constitution. You are right. Hey, we've got to run. Man, that was fun doing some open mic. We'll have you back on uh, sooner, much sooner. And maybe we'll have you in studio. We'll get you here in Arizona when it's not 8,000 <laughs> degrees outside. That. And uh, So, Alexander, how, how do people uh, help that are out of the city, how do they help you in your city? Well, you know, you can, like I always tell people, what happens in New Jersey does not stay in New Jersey. You have to kill this cancer here. So if people want to visit nj2as.org, they can make a donation. We have actually a lot of members nationwide that help out in our fight. And, uh, you know, they can make a donation or become a member, a card-carrying member. And that's how we can help fight back this, uh, you know, this ridiculousness in New Jersey. Perfect. Thank you so much. Always great talking to you, Alexander. Likewise. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Alexander Rubian, nj2as.org. All right. Stick around. We still have our number two of Gun Freedom Radio with a great lineup of guests. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. 
Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran radio podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.